Have you Very found kind. your trousers yet, Simon? So you, you've given us a point of view shot from your crotch today. It's from my it's from my laptop. So I guess you're getting a lap shot, which is what all the all the kids are getting. Weird but thing to say. Shall shall we talk about Eurovision? Twenty four minutes in. Oh, I need a wee. Hello, I'm Phil Smith and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation 2022, episode two, and we are running down five more of the runners and riders for 2022. Before we go any further, I do have to introduce the dream team that is supporting me today. Hold me closer, it's Alex Smith. You had me at hello. Hello. (laughs) Hold me now, it's Dan Irvin. Hello again, Phil. Hold me tight. It's Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. And hold it in. It's Simon Rickenback. <laughs> Hi, Phil. Welcome back, Dan. It's good to be back. <laughs> You've got big shoes to fill because Harry was on. Smashed it. Yeah, Harry, <laughs> Harry wasn't just better than you. He was better than all of us. He used some <laughs> really long words. He <laughs> should get his own spin-off podcast. <laughs> he, he he showed a level of musical knowledge that was unwanted and, to be honest, unwelcome. <laughs> Talk, talking of spin-off podcasts, I, I know we've sort of vaguely floated it by a WhatsApp, but gauging the the opinion on Simon, the character, the Agony Aunt, as a podcast, I would yeah, like I'd, to I'd hear that. like incredibly functional advice for you know the sort of shit that they write into the Sun about. Would we use previously written letters from other websites? Because I don't think we've got the listener base to provide more than maybe half an episode. I'll message a fan who has before mentioned Simon is her favourite character. I mean, it sounds like she needs help, so perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This is not to cast aspersions on the quality of the songs that we're doing on this week's episode, but... We can maybe record a mini pilot if there, anyone could submit to us within the length of our recording a agony aunt based issue that they would need some help from Simon for. Also, another side point, because I feel like we need some sort of side games when we don't have prediction game to play along with. I have actually written a three word review of every song for this year. So for any point during the podcast, you just want to shout out a random participating country at me. And I can just give you the three-word review of their of their song. Ireland. Ireland. Uh, bratty hyperpop hype. You used word. two of your three words to say the same word. <laughs> <laughs> Should right. we get going? I feel yeah, Simon's going to get angsty, isn't he? Uh, song number one, or should I say numero uno, because it comes from Spain. Uh, this is Chanel <laughs> with Slow Mo. Alex, do you want to slow this one down for us, please? 
Thank you, Phil. Uh, yeah, and thank you to Chanel and Slow Mo. This is a kind of feisty, sexy Latin number, but for me, I don't think it ever really hits its stride, um, which is a shame because I think that the verses are actually pretty well put together, but it's let down so much uh, by the chorus. Um, and I say that because I think at times it's kind of befitting of a kind of J-Lo, Shakira kind of Latin influence, as you'd expect. And I really thought that it would sort of be something big and really present itself as something kind of bolshy and fiery come the chorus. But I'm not sure slow mo, 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 mo is as catchy and fun as they might think. And in the end, I'm sort of watching that thinking, this is just kind of a poor imitation of... Right down to the um, who wore it best bodysuit, glittery bodysuit. Um, ultimately, I think for Spain, this is going to be another right-hand side finish, I'm afraid. Now, I I'm going to tell you that that is a little bit controversial. The Spanish Euro fans are big fans of this and have been pushing it and pushing it. Um, you will struggle to find odds where it's not in the top five. Right-hand side is probably controversial. Um, Dan, welcome back. Ah, it's interesting the point you make there, Phil, because I think it's all right, it's good, um, but it's very bland. It's just very R&B your mum can enjoy. Um, to back up Alex's point there, I'd literally written down Jennifer Lopez meets Shakira, so we, we're clearly thinking on the same lines. And also on the first watch through, I noted down um, full marks for the wardrobe change, but I've now watched it several times over. She just takes her jacket off. It's nothing special. <laughs> So if I was if I was a betting man, I'd say that Spain are going to finish just above the UK, second to last, traditional traditional Spanish finish that one. Simon, did the booty hypnotic leave you wanting more, more, more? <laughs> so hypno booty was one of the robots on the seventeenth series of Robot Wars, wasn't it? <laughs> so I'm I'm actually not going to talk about this one. I think it's fine. I think it's probably going to be in the top ten. But instead, I'm going to use the opportunity to talk about the UK entry and Sam Ryder. I'm up in space up in space I've just completely drunk the Kool-Aid. I'm no longer trading in my sort of traditional currencies of cynicism and despair. I've traded it all in for something new and frankly unfamiliar to me in hope and dare I even say expectation uh, about how this song is going to do uh, and therefore I fully expect the UK to get an absolute sack full of jury points if not any uh, traditional votes. When the song first came out I was eh, disappointed-ish. I think the song is vaguely lacklustre but as the season's worn on more of the opposition songs have come out and is better than a lot of them so i'm not sure that the, we've actually necessarily got things right and that we've suddenly improved our game but i think everything else is poorer than normal <laughs> and I, i'm i'm not gonna say i'm drinking the kool-aid i got i got a feeling that we're so hyped up by the fact that we're sending something vaguely competitive and tolerable that we're getting ourselves fully overexcited and that 
uh, it will probably come about 10th, which is still a marked improvement on everything else. But like the fact that it's second or third in the bookie odds is insanity. Like I said to you on Friday, Phil, I'm just having flashbacks to every World Cup where it's this is the year we're actually going to do well this year. And I know there's a difference because this is doing well in these jury polls in a way that, that we haven't before. But I just can't. I can't imagine this song doing that well. My three word review of Sam Riders, I should say, was fantastic, futile falsetto. <laughs> Uh, time for your doozes or nils for Spain, please. Could anyone not take their eyes off Chanel? That's seemingly a no. Um, anyone say no, no for slow-mo? Can I give my nil to the UK? Since <laughs> has changed the rules of the format. I'm going to say no. If you anything, getting a just... whole in one at the Sam Ryder Cup. It's still good to be back. <laughs> I feel like we're in a bunker now. I don't yeah. think any of this is going in. Like your putting. <laughs> uh, do you play golf? I have no idea. <laughs> no, um, I've never played golf, no. Right. Simon the character, however. I was going to say, Simon the character would play golf. Yeah, he's very stiff. Upper lipped, relu- reluctant to change, country club man, I think. A lot of jumpers. Lot, so many jumpers. Song number two comes from Eurovision Powerhouses Sweden. This is Cornelia Jacobs with Hold Me Closer. That was Hold Me Closer. So naturally, I'm going to Simon Rickenback. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I mean, my first impression of this song is is just wow. It's such a fantastically sincere song performed with a, a sultry, smoky voice. Uh, reminded me a bit of, of Kate Bush. Uh, Cornelia may well try and capture the spirit of Sandy Shaw become the first barefoot winner of Eurovision since Emily DeForest in 2013. I'll be interested to see what they do with the staging. The Melody Festival and version has is sort of like a photographer's reflector um, that spins around and they project lights onto it behind her in, in a way that kind of reminded me of Lucy Jones's performance for the UK and that there's one sort of focal point that creates a, a sort of relatively impressive effect behind her. Um, but I'll be interested to see how they use that in the main event. This was an exciting number that I uh, can get on board with and I really enjoyed. After you, Minnie. We shared a look there. Did you say Kate Bush? Yeah, yeah, I said Kate Bush. You right. heard Kate, Kate Bush's song? Kate Bush, you did Wuthering yeah, Heights. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah. <clears throat> Famously high acrobatic voice. A range that in some cases only dogs can hear. Dances around like a kind of witchy lady. Yeah, so not so much that bit. Vocally, you're saying? So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm incorrect. For me, it was uh, Lady Gaga, shallow. I'm off the deep end, watch as I 
But instead of a meat dress, she's thrown on one of those bead curtains over a sports bra. I think she sells it very earnestly, but it's not doing a whole lot musically, to my ear at least. I just thought maybe if they'd had that puppy of Bradley Cooper's, I'd be a bit more on board. Alex, um, you're a fan of Cornelius? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm on board. It's um, it's moody, it's surly, it's intense. Um, sort of if it straddles somewhere between kind of a, uh, a a Bond theme in the sort of recent Bond theme style, but then also Lana Del Rey, where sort of you know, a lot of Lana Del Rey is just that kind of smoky, uh, uh, let the voice do the talking or let, let the voice do the singing. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think I think um in the live performance from melody festival and it, it had some quite interesting staging so on a bigger bigger stage in front of a bigger audience i think it opens itself up to uh something um really exciting and i i suspect at some point you know they'll i i i'm not gonna offer a roast dinner because i'm not a not a betting man like simon but i i you know i would suspect at some point there'll be a wind machine i can this is this has got wind machine written on it at some point maybe not a you know hurricane level but uh you know slight gale stiff breeze level of wind machine i think dan sweden what do you make of it yeah. well alex i think we should start um, sharing notes before recording so i could <laughs> adjust this because uh, my notes obviously are all about about lana del rey comparison so uh, <laughs> uh, i think like lana del rey cornelia has a very cool raspy voice um and she pours a lot of emotion into her songs poured into, into kind of every note but actually i'm not sure this song really makes the most of it the most of her voice her talents and despite the implications of this slow start the song actually never really builds to anything it kind of just fades into nothing staging here also a bit bit boring big circle i guess is meant to symbolize the sunrise that is referenced in the lyrics but it's all a bit disappointing could have been really good uh, and honestly although i like it I'm a bit surprised that this is the winner that came out of the rigorous selection process we know of melody festival and a week year, perhaps. Cornelia is the daughter of a glam metal singer, Jacob Samuel of the band The Poodles, who were apparently semi big in, in Sweden. Uh, when she was 16, she uh, applied for Swedish Idol and actually got laughed out of her initial audition with the judges being quite cruel. One of the judges, Anders Bagger, uh, was also competing in uh, Melody Festivalen this year, and it ended up coming in second place to Cornelia, which is uh, a little bit of karma coming back uh, and fighting on the side of Cornelia. Uh, she was in a girl group as well called Love Generation, who entered Melody Festivalen in 2011 and 2012, but this is her first solo effort. Yes, I get I was about to say all your comparisons. I don't get Simon's. There's no Kate Bush in this for me. But um, uh, I, I get the uh, Lana Del Rey comparisons. I have seen it hypothesised that this m song may be the female angle on uh, Johnny Logan's Eurovision winning song, Hold Me Now. I love this song this is my favorite swedish entry in a really really long time after years and years of sending us polished pop this is raw um this is human and i think it's a sort of story that pretty much everyone can connect to on some level 
it's my number one this year. I'm pretty sure it's going to have my vote come the Saturday night. Do's and nil points. Do's points for Cornelia, please. Just so I'd like to get my do's points out. Um, I fully expect that this Ukraine uh, and, dare I say, Sam Ryder will be likely to make up the top three uh, on Saturday night. Wowzers. That's a hashtag bold prediction, Simon. Yeah, no, no bold prediction from me, but but this will get my douce point. Really strong, sort of all round song. Love it. Two douze point. Fifty percent of the vote. Um, any nil point for this one? Yes, sorry, Phil. I hope we can still be friends. But for me, this did not reach Sweden's Wuthering Heights. <laughs> it is. It is possible to have incorrect opinions uh, and. This podcast has, has driven that out. Minnie, let this forever be remembered as your on again, off again moment. I'd just like to say as well, I, I, when I saw this song, I thought this is the song they're going to think I'm going to like. And I'm, you know, <laughs> actually, it's not my favourite. Ha, get you. It's quite surprised to see that three of you here, including Phil, it is the favourite. And don't get me wrong, Dan. I have no, I was not putting this in expecting it to get four doozes. And so your opinion of not giving it your 12 points, I believe, is valid as an opinion. And we'll just leave it there, shall we? We'll move on to song number three. Song number three comes from our perennial podcast favourites. This is Moldova. And it is familiar faces as well, because this is Zubdizub. They represented Moldova in 2011. And also way back when in 2005, I believe. Uh, and this is, I can't pronounce this, Trenulitul. over to our official Zub to Zub correspondent, Minnie Meyer. Thank you, Phil. Zub to Zub are back with a rousing folk punk number that answers the age-old question, what if the Ramones had an accordion player? They've swapped the cone hats for a raincoat and sunglasses combo that suggests Moldovan weather could be changeable. And they've ditched the unicycling bugle player uh, after cultural commentator Simon Rickenback called her unimpressive. Uh, originally, Phil told me this song was about Romanian-Moldovan unification, reunification, I should say. Uh, I can't really comment on the geopolitical situation or what's changed in the song. On a personal note, I'm torn uh, because obviously I love the scar rhythms and the whoever wants to join this band is welcome mentality. But the drummer is standing up behind his drum kit and therefore I think... I'll need some more time to mull it over. <laughs> How many more puns can we make out of Moldova? Also, I am in, intrigued if there is Romanian-Moldovan uh, reunification, what country title they might go for. They can't do a Serbia and Montenegro situation. They can't go Romania and Moldova. That's surely too much of a mouthful. 
rolled over. <laughs> Simon, you know your geopolitical situation. Can you tell us what's going on with the Romanian Moldovan reunification uh, agenda, please? Uh, no, I, th I thought this one was about getting a train, to be honest. I wasn't bowled over by Moldova. Uh, see, instead of coming up with clever new puns, I just repeat the ones from previous episodes in in the hope that we've got different listeners to what we had back on episode 19 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, if, if Ukraine was a seamless mix of old and new in a folk hip-hop number, then I guess this Moldovan one is uh, folk, and as they say, rock and roll. Uh, it's easy and tempting to do a sort of churlish comment and say this one shows how it shouldn't be done. Uh, so I will say that, uh, and overall, I think it's not bad, but like the members of Subsisub, it's impossible to avoid the impression that the best years are behind them. And frankly, it's all going a little off the rails. Alex, what more can you add for us? Yeah, I sort of agree with Simon begrudgingly. Um, Moldova brings their kind of, and Zug de Zug bring their kind of typical and expected fun and zaniness, which is welcome, I think. But but as the years have gone by, as you said, 2011, the last appearance, they just look like kind of middle-aged men now, just enjoying getting the band back together again. It's not it's not particularly exciting. It's fun and it's almost sweet up to a point. It'll make the final, I'm sure, because it's Moldova, but but I don't think it'll be too high on the list. That does bring me to my favourite YouTube comment I saw on this, which was basically like, with the right <laughs> staging, this could easily qualify. So, yeah, set, set, your <laughs> set your expectations at about the right level there. Um, Dan, how many years has it been since Moldovan independence from the Soviet Union? <laughs> Well, this song honestly could have been could have come out in the, the year of the so of uh, Moldovan independence, whatever that was. Because to be honest, <laughs> it looks pretty fucking old. And uh, I think we're done beating around the bush. This is pure shit. <laughs> There's traditional music going on, attempting to do something, but it doesn't fit with the beat. There's a completely unprompted guitar solo from a man who is on the floor. <laughs> and why, oh why, does the director keep cutting away? To, a, to women half-arsedly dancing, clearly having a bad time. Pure shit, Phil. Pure shit. Sounds like Mr. Harry's eloquent vocabulary last <laughs> week. To come in and say pure shit. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think anyone's giving this a, a 12 points. Does anyone want to give this a nil? Yes, Phil. You could have snuck this into a playlist from 2002 and it would have fooled us all, quite frankly. It would have got nil point then, and it's going to get a nil point now. Anyone else, or just the one? Can Phil? I give my nil to Simon for destroying the young career of a multi-talented circus performer? <laughs> uh, right, OK. Uh, just the one nil point, despite highly lacking in positive aspects. Um, I feel like I haven't given enough of my three-word reviews, so do you want to chuck some more countries at me and we can do some three-word reviews? <laughs> Hungary. Aren't competing this year. <laughs> Thirsty. <laughs> Armenia's review is unexpected country, country. 
because it's unexpected that Armenia sends a country item. It's good to be back. Much like off Sweden again. Swiftly moving us on, uh, our next song is Horny Bragging Vegans. This is Latvia, City Zeni, Eat Your Salad. I feel like there's some mixed feelings here. This, this has song five potential, I'm sure you all agree. The Latvian Polyponk have finally entered Eurovision with their song about eco-credentials or echo-credentials, as they would force the pronunciation to make sure that it rhymes with gecko for a not very inventive rhyme halfway through the lyrics. So they sing about riding their bikes and uh, putting their uh, groceries into glass jars and various other good eco things to do, whilst juxtaposing it with uh, brags of their sexual performance and the size of their uh, penises for what can only be described as a brass heavy rap infused penis bragging item which will defy conventions at Eurovision. Um, I don't think they will be permitted to um, sing the first line of their song for the reference of eating pussy in it. It's a bold way to come out for a song. Um, Dan, were you a fan? Well, Phil, Originally, uh, I thought this was Lithuania, so my notes start with um, Lithuania really understand Eurovision. The country that brought us, we are the winners of Eurovision, back with another banger. So, um, <laughs> oops. Um, but yeah, Latvia really understand Eurovision. Um, don't remember any of their songs, but um, that point still stands. They did um, of the Sea in 2008, if that helps. The Pirate yeah. Bum Grab, that was them. Oh, Piratey Bum Grab, oh, very good. Well, they on theme, I think. You have this, reminds me very much of uh, Justin Timberlake in his Saturday Night Live sketches and the inspired uh, the 80s sex yeah. pest frontman kind of thing. But hey, there's this, so there's this cool modern message and it's all packaged up in this non-serious way. It's very, very, very Eurovision. Um, the staging is you know, pretty pretty simple, but, but it's really well done here. Um, and to top it off, I think the song's really, actually, really catchy. So, um, well done, Lithuania. <laughs> I mean, I think it's certainly going to be very memeable. And if this is the Eurovision meme contest, as it is slowly becoming, this is right up there for the content. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll see it do well. Um, Alex. Let's hope that this and Serbia aren't back to back because it's going to be a preachy 10 minutes if they are. I understand why they've done it and it's quite fun, um, but it's just sort of an educational Bruno Mars ripoff, I think. I don't really like it. It's quite an arrogant song. And I mean, you sum that up pretty well, Phil, with some of the um, unsubtle 
uh, lyrics and thrusting that they pursue. I think it starts off with quite a fun and interesting and even compelling to a point sort of proposition, but it never really amounts to anything. It just sort of follows the same kind of tum 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 rhythm and structure and it never really got beyond that first kind of well this is quite an interesting first verse and then it's oh it's the same again and the same again. even by eurovision standards you know this is pretty repetitive it reminded me of a university essay in that it sort of had a really punchy abstract and executive summary and then it just kind of waffles honestly toward this of, of all the songs this was the one that i was kind of i actually i wiggled my mouse to sort of see how far i was through it i'm like oh my god we're only we're only two minutes into this i've got to listen to this for another minute um because it's just so samey and and so and so familiar and as i say de-tum, de-tum, de-tum. ironically your review is the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i do agree it's um what they have undoubtedly done is led with their best hook and lyric yes and then you have two have minutes it. of not quite managing to live up to the initial first yeah. line of the song Minnie, you're vegan what did you make of this well i'm slightly offended by the fact that you said horny braggy vegans and then it turned out to be a song that I really enjoyed. I don't know what that says about me. I did also really like Polyponk as well. So there's obviously something about this aesthetic. It shouldn't work. Like if you told me Latvia putting forward Barney Stinson in a green blazer with no shirt on, rapping about recycling, I'd have told you to fuck off. But I think it's greater than some of its parts. It's unexpected. I, th- I know Alex said it was preachy and repetitive. I didn't get that. I thought it was smart and ironic. And I thought it surprised me consistently. I really like the ending with the literal splits stunt that happens. And I had the impression all along that they were taking the piss out of uh, that preachy vegan eco character. And luckily that final gag clinched that interpretation. So for those that are not watching along, uh, the, I think, keyboardist at the end of the uh, song comes to the front, does the splits and manages to split his trousers and you can see his his crotch, uh, well, his covered crotch at the end. This was their sort of semi-final performance in the Latvian selection show. Uh, in the final, the trousers didn't split. And I've seen no evidence to suggest that it was anything other than an actual split of the trousers rather than an intentional split of the trousers. Now, I'm totally here for the intention, were it to be an intentional split. I think it's an incredible set piece that they should absolutely try and do. (laughs) I'm sort of with many, I do hope that there is a, a touch of irony in how they're doing this. They're obviously taking the piss with the some of the sexual connotations and, you know, it's not it's not meant to be taken entirely seriously. But uh, yeah, how much they're joking and how much they are genuine will be found out, I suppose. Um, Simon, you like recycling. Mary Whitehouse must be turning in a grave if this goes out on primetime. I mean, goodness me, the vulgarity. At work every year, I do a Eurovision prediction game where I send a few songs around and ask people to guess what order they'll come in. 
And I'd love to send them this song, but I, I sort of feel like I can't. I mean, uh, I'm a beast instead of a killer. Forget the hot dogs because my sausage is bigger. I, I, I struggle with this. Even by the podcast standards, this is pretty vulgar. I can see what people are saying about the catchiness of the song, and I, to an extent, I agree. Um, but I don't see this doing hugely well, to be honest. I, I think right-hand side if it qualifies, but I think that it, that might be a stretch. It's hard to know what to say about this song, isn't it? It's um, It's got a chaotic energy. Uh, I, I just like that it, it pissed off Mary Whitehouse via Simon the character, who, it turns out, is a big fan I feel like that could be another calling for you. You could just start sort of objecting to everything on television. Don't really watch much telly, to be honest. <laughs> All too vulgar. You've just lost your your new gig as a guardian of British television. Anyway, douze point. Anyone really, really like their meat-free sausages? Yes, Phil. Love me some meat-free sausages. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think this song's going to win. I think, um, look, it's going to either struggle in the semi-final, as you say, um, or it'll get through, but it's not going to be for everyone, so it's never going to finish at the top, right? But to me, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It, it reminded me, of course, of the Lithuanian song, uh, We Are the Winners of Eurovision, because of the sort of jokey nature, but I think done right. Uh, and there are so many of them. The, the German song from last year, uh, I Don't Feel Hate, you know, was jokey, and then, but it was, it was absolute shit. So this is, it's done in the right way. And I, I think for me, this is the best song of our five tonight. So do's point. I, I've made the point before and I will make it again. Your do's and your nil points is for your personal preference. They're not for predictions, Simon. Um, and and so absolutely fine. Can we replace Harry with Simon? Start with Harry. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm game. Oh, a live resignation on the podcast. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Can like, I, yeah, like that moment that Lamont resigned from the from the Thatcher. Was it Lamont? Jeffrey Howell, the the British. This is like that. Jeffrey Howell resigning from the Thatcher cabinet. Where was this? Is, this is why it won't work. You need me to correct you on your political references. I was going to say, uh, if if we're going to take Simon out, we need him to take Dorries out with him at the same time. I bet she, she might. Be, she might be listening to this, and and it and it's this it's this level of entertainment which is which is sort of cultivating her um, understanding of entertainment and broadcasting in the UK, which is why she is so shit. She wants to regulate streaming because of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. If uh, I, It would be a hell of a selling point for our podcast <laughs> if uh, Nadine Dorries did listen to it, for better or for worse. Well, the the podcast know. Nadine Dorries tried to ban. We can tag her in some of the promo now, if, if this goes in. The, the podcast Nadine Dory's called The Downstream Event of the Tennis Pictures of the Year. <laughs> First she tried to privatise Channel 4, then she tried to privatise Eurovision in Isolation, mm. the UK's leading Eurovision podcast. Well, this, this is like Eurovision in Isolation, raw and unfiltered, pre-clampdown, pre-Dory's clampdown. You say this is pre and raw, but Simon backed the British entrant earlier this uh, episode. So that's uh, very, very White House of you. <laughs> R.I.P. Should we, we, should we go full, full Gavin Williamson? Uh, anyone that doesn't vote for us should shut up and go away. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, I've got to say, I'm also giving this song my dues, quoi. Um, but it was entirely predicated on that trouser split at the end, which I thought was deliberate. And if it turns out there was a stupid accident, then I guess this has to be my nil uh, tied with the UK, Sweden and uh, the cultural commentator Simon Rickenback. <laughs> um, any nil poise? That was two do's, but there might be some nils. No? OK. I always get a little bit tense when Phil sounds surprised. <laughs> no, no, I, no, 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 nil. I did think there was a nil for this. Oh, wait, but... sorry. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, yeah. Nil pois, Phil. Sorry. Uh, I did my uh, analysis of this song so long ago, I can't actually remember why I don't like it. So rewind 45 minutes and it'll be me talking about Latvia. And there you'll understand why I gave it nil. Uh, I, I gave it nil because it was samey and they are pricks. Um, right, okay. Um, <laughs> it it does mean that Alex and Minnie, you're in direct contrast to one another. You gave one another's douze poire your mm. nil poire. You might both be drinking sandwich spells, but... I've moved on now to Brewdog. Also, I don't really like Minnie. He once actually texted me. It's useful the listeners know this, actually. He once actually texted me, and you'll have to bleep this out. He once actually texted me... Still not forgiving for that. You say that, but you're you're drinking Brewdog, and I thought that that had been cancelled now. You know, when they're on deal in Morrisonsville, I can't, you know, cost of living crisis. I don't, I don't think anyone that's too worried about the cost of living crisis <laughs> is quaffing a Brewdog IPA. <laughs> they were out of pheasants, so I had to get goose. They just continued their hot cross bun flavour. <laughs> Let's move on to song number five. This week, <laughs> song number five this week comes from France. Uh, after last year sending Barbara Pravi to be the runner up, this year they are sending Alvan and Ahez, who were the winners of Eurovision France, C'est vous qui décidez. And this is their song, Fulen. <laughs> That was Alvan and Ahez, and this is Dan. Thank you, Phil. For the listeners at home, listening along without the playlist, as I did last week, would not recommend. Picture this. Former Toro Rosso F1 driver Jaime Algashwari, be a niche reference of the week, occupies the centre of the stage, playing a variety of conventional instruments unconventionally. Hmm. While three identically dressed backing singers dance in a small circle, and another, a slightly different lady, is belly dancing, come break dancing at the front. Possibly improvising some moves at the end. Doesn't look a bit like that. Oh, also, there's lots and lots and lots of fire. Yeah. Oof. So, yeah, so there's, there's a bit of everything, really. Um, and yet somehow completely nothing at all. It's very, very middle of the pack, I believe. Simon, 
What did you make of this one? Do you remember Terence James from We Terry James? We Terry James from uh, 2021's Cebu Key to Sea Day, performing in a kilt with the bagpipes. Je tomonerai danser, je tomonerai danser. Well, this is a much more accomplished attempt at getting France's Celtic history into Eurovision. Don't get me wrong, it's still shit. <laughs> we were worried this year there'd be lots of songs inspired by Moleskine, lots of rock, and there, there really isn't basically any. Um, and actually what there is, is there's a lot of like folk-inspired, you know, electronica plus ethnic roots kind of music. I don't think this one works spectacularly well, uh, but then I didn't like Ukraine's entry last year at first listen, and maybe it will grow on me. But at the moment, this one, yeah, it, it doesn't do it for me. Okay. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan either. Um, I don't really like the kind of hypnotic, rhythmic rock kind of fusion that they've got going on here. Um I, my only other note, other than I don't really like it, was that the three female singers move about a little bit like three drunk girls at a club, kind of really unceremoniously and unglamorously dropping from the podium to the dance floor and then kind of drunkenly dancing their way back up to the podium. We've, we've seen better. And France should expect better. France should expect better. I've had two beers. I, that sounded actually quite aggressive from me and it shouldn't have been simon was <laughs> simon was comparing this song back to its celtic roots for those that don't have a perfect ear for foreign languages they are not actually singing in french they are actually singing in breton which i assume has quite a lot of similarities to french but um yes they are they are singing in at least a dialect if not um, uh, entirely different language. Uh, Minnie, your dad teaches French? He does, but I wouldn't bret on this one to win. Best one of the night. Thank you. Best one of the night, but greeted as always with complete silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly capable of splicing in laughs where there were no laughs. <laughs> yes, weird aesthetically because you've got the man who seems to be sort of running the show and then like Alex said these three drunk girls who he seems to be sort of in charge of so it gave me French Manson family or Macron family <laughs> it's the kind of spooky techno that we've seen before done better at Eurovision I think it reminded me a bit of Ukraine last year and I just don't think this is as memorable there. Uh, if we're talking similarities, I thought it was uh, Rick Edward and the newest lineup of the Sugar Babes. <laughs> I do feel like our, our, our man at the front is sort of carrying the charisma load from this song. Uh, the three girls really lack for stage presence. They're not supposed to be a backing vocalists. They're given dual credit on the song. He's Alvan, they are Arhez. But it needs to be really ramped up for my book anyway. My three word review for this one was charismaless chaotic coven. Whilst Alex is gone, do you want any other uh, three word reviews? 
Netherlands? Um, Netherlands was a uh, Dutch sad song. I didn't really, that wasn't one of my best reviews, <laughs> probably. But it, it's just another one of the sad girl ballads of this year. There are a lot of minor key sad girl ballads. Portugal, I've got down as a mournful Perry Perry girls as opposed to the Spice Girls. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we've got any douze poil left. They were split between Sweden and Latvia. So nil poils, please. Yes, Phil, this is getting my nil poil. I found it cold and uninspiring, which is strange for me because I normally like numbers that I would associate as being a bit industrial. It's a real rebrand for Simon, this episode. A bit of positivity. Bit of the new warm, Simon. Yeah, it's like it's the Simon remixed for the new generation. I mean, you've already got your fans. It's, it's risky rebranding at this point. Yeah, yeah. Beatles, you know. But similarly, you, you don't want to... say something like you're bigger than Jesus? <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've actually said that before on the podcast. <laughs> so, Simon, I've had a question come through for the spin-off from a valued listener and someone who has in the past mentioned that... Um, your favourite panellist of theirs, couldn't, didn't quite perhaps grasp the query. So it's a kind of, it's a question in the Agony Aunt style, but is linked to what we do now, which is Eurovision. And the question is, dear Simon, um, my boyfriend gets visibly aroused when I'm churning butter. What should I do and what do you recommend? Uh, goodness me. Uh, I, I guess um, keep on churning. <laughs> Uh, the normal thing that you get in an agony aunt column is that they suggest you talk to them. So I guess I would suggest you don't talk to them. Uh, and if you really want to churn butter uh, and you don't like being looked at by your pervy boyfriend to break up with them. Christ, this isn't going anywhere, is it? <laughs> Dear Simon the character, I don't know what my job is at this point. Is it too late to ask? And that's from Nadine from Merseyside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say it's, it's never too late to ask uh, what your job is, um, particularly while, you, you know, your boss might be having similar feelings uh, about the situation. So my, my advice, as always, is to break up with them.